Are you ready for the Word of God today? Praise His holy name. I'm excited. I'm excited because, you know, I know what's in store. I know what's here. I know what I'm to give to you. And I'm just excited that what God has for you will be a blessing to you and it'll change your life. How about that? Change your life. You want your lives change? Things to happen in your life? A lot of times we believe God for something and we never get it because we're not appropriating it the way He wants us to do it. And once we align ourselves with the Word of God, things happen. Amen? So we're going to talk about the power of God's Word today. The power of God's Word. You know, people ask me, well, how do you get the messages? What, what makes you or what prompts you to speak on what you do? Isn't that a good question? Well, so, sometimes you read the Bible and the Lord just prompts in your spirit. That's the thing that you want to give. Sometimes you hear a message somewhere and then you just feel like, okay, that's uh, something I can give to my people. And so you kind of custom tailor it to you. But sometimes the Lord actually speaks to you. And he spoke these words to me while I was sleeping, while I was just waking up, he said, tell my people about the power of my word. Amen. Amen. The power, dunamis, power of my word. Because, you know, a lot of people, we think, oh, that's just a Bible, just a nice daily reading, just kind of peruse over it. But there is power in the word of God, power to change your lives, make things happen, change the outcome of situations that you're facing. That you don't have to take it anymore. You don't have to just be... uh, 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 what do you call it, a punching bag, <laughs> and have people walk over you. You can take charge of your life. So let's pray that the Lord would minister to us. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that as we come before you today, we're able to receive all the things that you have for us, that we may receive the Spirit with which you're telling us that there's power in your word. So for this, Father, we give you the praise, glory, and honor, and all agreed said, Amen. Amen. Now, all the promises of God in Christ are what? Yay and amen. That means yes, so be it. Not maybe, hopefully, I don't know. You know, if he's in a good mood, it just depends if you came at the right time. No, all the promises of God are yay and amen. His timing is dependent upon our believing, our trusting in him, our believing in your heart, not in your mind. A lot of times we just say, well, I believe the Lord can heal me. I believe the Lord's going to prosper me. If it be his will, then I'll let him do it. No, it's not all about that. It's about whether you want to appropriate and get the promises of God into your heart to believe that there is a match and that he needs to confirm what you're believing. If you're not believing strong enough, you're not going to get it in anything in life. You can't just be casual about things. You can't casually learn how to play the piano. You can't casually uh, get into the Olympics, right? You can't be just skiing down the mountain one time and all of a sudden accidentally get onto a slope and and you're up and flying. You go, wow, look, I should be in the Olympics. No, you practice and you break your bones and you get up early and you train and you do all these things. And so how, why wouldn't it be any different in the things of God, with the Word of God? So let's look at this in Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, which is the good news of Christ, for it is the power of God. You see that? The Word of God is power. I'm not ashamed. In other words, he won't let you be ashamed trusting in him. I am not ashamed of the good news of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So the good news, the word of God, how did we get saved? Someone told us that God loved us, that he wanted us to come into his family. He wanted to forgive us of all of our sins. It was words. 
Those words hit our heart. We were attracted to it. We were, we were excited about it. And so we spoke out of our mouth, yes, I receive your love and I receive your forgiveness and I receive your redemption into my life. And bam, what happened? The power of God hit you. And so what's happening in this power? Let me show you. The definition of power, next slide, is strength, power, and ability. The first mark is it's an inherent power a power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature. What does that mean? That means in the word of God is everything that you need to accomplish what it is promising you to have. Just like an apple seed, a little bitty apple seed, if you plant it into the ground, guess what? It germinates, it blossoms, it produces a tree. In that little bitty seed, it grows. So in the word of God is all the power that's needed. When you confess about your healing, in that word of God is all the power needed to produce healing in your body. Come on, talk to me. This is good news. When you need finances in your, in your house, when you confess the word about uh, provision, God says, I will match my word with, your, with my power, and you'll see it come to pass. People have come to me and they ask me, will you pray for me about a certain situation? I said, what scripture are you standing on? How can we agree together? And when they start confessing and believing, bam, God does miraculous things that I couldn't do, he couldn't do, but God can do them because in the, in the uh, inherent power of the seed of God is the, uh, resides the virtue of what you need to have happen in your life. Second thing is moral... No, Second little thing here, moral power and excellence of soul. What does that mean? That means that the power of God can change your insides, can make you moral, give you moral power and excellence. You might say, well, I can't change myself. No, you can't, but God can change you. Give him open space to come in and he'll change your heart, change your life, change the way you act and think. And it's not you doing it, it's him doing it in you. Come on, talk to me now. In, in 1 Corinthians 13, it talks about that love bears up under everything and everything that comes, ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. It endures everything without weakening. Well, I just can't endure it. Well, love can. God's love in you can make you be something that you're not. That's amazing, isn't it? You know, because, see, once you get on God's level, you're operating in his power, not your power to change but God will change it in you. And you know what? It's, when God's word gets on the inside of you, it's automatic. It just starts happening without you even trying to do it. The way I can explain it is when I used to play softball, and I was dating this girl this a long time ago before I met the lovely Miss Marianne. But anyway, before I found my real true love, praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And that's on, that's on tape, so we got that. <laughs> But this girl played on a team. They only had four players on the team. It was called Queen in her court. You've heard of King in his court, and this was Queen in her court. The guy and the girl could pitch so fast that hardly anybody could hit it. Once in a while, they'd hit a little pop-up. And so the girl, they, they trained her to make, you know, trick catches like this or between your legs. And, and so people wouldn't, wouldn't get bored about watching just strikeout after strikeout. So I said, well, show me how you do that. And so she showed me how you catch it between your legs. I go, that's cool. So one day we're out at the park. I got there early, and, and they were hitting fly balls, and I was just practicing catching it between my legs. And then the game starts, for reals, and they hit a pop-up to me, and automatically I just went, poop. And I went, like, oh, my God, what did I do? 
<laughs> right in the middle of the game. And everybody called, you know what they call me, right? Big hot dog. You know, what are you doing? This is a game. I, it was automatic. My body just did what I was practicing. So when you put the word of God in you, it'll do whatever you put inside of it to do. Automatically. You don't have to try to do it. You don't have to try to be good. God will be good through you. Amen? Amen. The third thing is, it says, power for performing miracles. Hallelujah. You like to do miracles? I like to do miracles. It's kind of like, you know, watching God do things that you couldn't do and you would just get, he gets the glory for it. Remember, Peter and John went up to the temple at the hour of prayer in the, in the ninth hour, and there was a man laid there at the, at the gate called Beautiful, that he was lame from his mother's birth, and he asked in alms of Peter and John, and Peter looked at him and said, Silver and gold have I not, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And the guy got up, walked, leaping and praising God. And so all the people in the temple came running to Peter and John and said, whoa, you bad, you bad. He said, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you be so amazed? It is through the name of Jesus and the faith that comes from him that raised this man whom you see and know. He said, don't look at me. I didn't do anything. I was just used of God to do what God can do. So you can see power for performing miracles. The last thing is the power and influence which belong to riches and wealth. Do any of you want to sign up for any one of this, these things here? Power and influence. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, He giveth thee power to get wealth. That means ability. He gives you power. He gives you authority. He gives you the influence to make things happen. The Bible says that Joseph, whatever he put his hands to, prospered. Why? God was with him, it says. He says, he gives the power to get wealth that he might establish his covenant with you. So when we look at the word of God, let's see the next scripture. Don't look at it as just a Bible. Look at it as a power source. Dunamis, dunamis means dynamite. That that thing has got dynamite on the inside of you and it will cause things to happen that you couldn't make happen in your own self. Isn't that good news? So it says here, in Isaiah 55, 11, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. What does that mean? It's not going to go empty. It's not going to fall to the ground. But it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. It's not going to return unto you void. The word of God is forever settled in heaven. So, you know, when Jesus cursed the fig tree... He, he said, you'll never bear fruit any longer. And he walked away. He didn't stay and look at it and go like, okay, let's see, you know. Let's see it dry up at the roots. Come on. No. He spoke the word and he walked away. He believed it was happening. He believed that the power that's in the word of God was able to change that situation. When we speak the word of God, we have to believe that what we said from the word of God will change our situations. Let's look at it. Okay, so I've, I've explained last week. If you're studying the scriptures, you first want to find a scripture that you like, that you can apply to your life. Secondly, you want to see, does it work? Have you seen it work in the Bible where somebody believed it and it happened in their life? And then thirdly, you want to see, does it happen, can it happen in my life or somebody else's life? That way you can say, you know what, I believe that it says it here. I believe that it, the, the uh, patriarchs saw it happen. I've seen it happen with me or others. I know I want to believe it for some more. Amen? So it says here in this next scripture, Matthew 8, 7, 5 and 7, says, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him. A centurion means he was an officer of 100 people. 
pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. So we have a guy here that's over 100 men, and he has a servant. Servants are like a dime a dozen, aren't they? You can get a servant anywhere. But he said, my, I, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. He had a heart to want to see his servant healed. He could have said, well, we'll just throw him away and get somebody else. But he had a heart. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Now, what would you do if Jesus said, I will come and heal him? You'd be rejoicing, wouldn't you? You'd be saying like, wow, Jesus is going to come to my house? Like he came to Zacharias' house? And, and Zacchaeus' house? And, and I'm, we got it in the bag. Jesus is coming. But what did the centurion say? Anybody know before we go to the next slide? You, you, don't, you don't have to. You, you, you don't, you, let's see. We got a couple people that knew it. There's a centurion coming to Jesus. Said, you know, I am not worthy. Let's see the next scripture. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. What did he say? He said, you don't have to come. I'm a man under authority. I say to one, come, and they come. I say to one, go, and they do. But you have authority as well. You speak the word only and my servant will be healed. And Jesus marveled that he was amazed. There's not too many things that amaze God, but he said, whoa, I have not seen such great faith. No, not in all of Israel. Can he find that in you? Where you take the word of God and that you apply it to your life? He doesn't have to come in the bodily form and speak to you. He, let's see the next scripture. It says, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So Jesus wants to heal us by the word that he's already given to us. We don't have to ask for another word. We've got it. Take the word of God and meditate on it. Study it. God told Joshua, if you meditate on this day and night, you'll have good success. Good success, not bad success, good success. But I'd, I'd be willing to bet that most people, most Christians don't do this very thing that would cause prosperity, healing, uh, virtue in their lives to flourish. They don't meditate. They don't have time. Too busy. I'm in a hurry. I got to do this. I got to do that. God's saying, if you would just take the time to meditate day and night, you'll see my promises come to pass in your life. Praise the Lord. Raina uh, was talking to Raina yesterday. She called me. She said, Pastor, I need prayer. My head is bothering me. What else was bothering you? Your, your bodily functions weren't working. She had... <laughs> cold, uh, uh, all kinds of crazy things, you know. And I said, well, Raina, let us pray. <laughs> a la cell phone. <laughs> and we prayed, and she, I said, how do you feel? She said, I feel better. She called me five minutes later. She said, I feel so good. I'm going to sweep the, the, the floors and, and, and take out the trash and do all the things that I couldn't do before. He sent his word and healed them. And came to your house, had a good time. You were sick for days. But you called and you said, Pastor Chuck, you don't need to come. Just speak the word only and I'll be healed. Now, can you imagine how much time Jesus would save if he could do the cell phone? You know, he, he wouldn't have to be bothered by going all over the place. You know, with Lazarus, he said, just put him on the phone, okay? All right, Lazarus, rise up, be healed. And so we have to believe that God is working in our lives 
what he's already said. So Mark eleven twenty four says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, what does whatever mean? Whatever. That's a big blank check, isn't it? Whatever you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive it and you will have it. Believe that you receive. When? When do you believe you receive? When you pray. You believe it when you see it? You believe it before you see it. You keep believing no matter what. Now let's see the definition of receive. Let's look at this. It says to take to oneself. To lay, just look at the next, next uh, slide. To take to oneself, lay hold upon, take possession of, to appropriate to oneself, to take in order to carry away, to take what is one's own, to take to oneself, to make one's own. Does that seem a little aggressive? To seize, to lay hold of, to apprehend, to catch, to reach after, to strive to obtain. <laughs> it's not, I'm waiting on God. I'm just waiting. I've been waiting a long time. And God, I don't know where he is. I don't know if he hears my prayer or not. But I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I believe the Lord is going to heal me someday. We know someday is not on the calendar. He said, believe that you receive it. When? Now. Believe that you receive it and you'll have it. It means to seize, to lay hold of, to apprehend, to catch, to reach after, to strive to obtain, to reach what is offered. To receive what is given. This has already been given to us. To gain, to get, to obtain. So we can't blame God if we don't have the promises that he's promised us. All who can we blame? Us. We're the problem. He's already given it to us. Just go and buy it. You, you heard about the, the, the uh, Italian guy. I'll pick on the Italians because I am one. Uh, he was coming from Italy to America in the olden days. And he came by ship, and he said, I want to get to, if I can just get to America, I think I can be, you know, well off and taken care of. So he bought a ticket. He, he got all the money that he could gather up, and he bought a ticket to get on that boat to go to America. He thought, oh, man, this is great. If I can just get there. He didn't have any other money, so he got some cheese and crackers to take with him. So when they're on the boat, when it says it was time to go to the dinner, you know, go, you know how the, those... Uh, Ships are, they have great dinners. And so uh, he, he did, I don't have any money. So he went and he, he, he hid himself and he ate those cheese and crackers for the whole trip. And then he got to the shore and the guys, his friends said, man, I, where you been? I didn't see you at the, at the dinner time. He said, well, I didn't have any money. I couldn't afford to go to the, the dinner. And the guy said, that the food was included on the ticket. You, you didn't need to pay anymore. It's already there. It's there for you. And we're going to get to heaven one time and say, Lord, why didn't you heal me? Lord, why did you leave me down there? Uh, why didn't you, you know, prosper? He said, it was already in the ticket. It's already provided. All you needed to do was grab hold of it. Amen? So it says to receive what is offered. So I, I had in my heart as I was preparing this message that I, I would want to offer, you know, $20 to uh, someone in the congregation. I thought that would be a good thing to do, to, to just to, to give, you know, someone, whosoever will, whosoever, you know, would want to catch and to reach after, to strive, to obtain, to reach what is offered, to, to receive what is given. So anybody that, you know, has that desire 
that they need to seize it. They need to grab hold of it. They need to take it for their own, to apprehend it. Amen? Now, this girl knows what she's talking about. She just came right up there and grabbed it. She's not waiting on God. She's not praying about it. It's being offered. She did grab it. What are we doing? We're just sitting around. Well, Lord, I, I hope that you prosper me. I hope that, you know, I'm just waiting on you, Lord. You're going to be waiting a long time. <laughs> God said, I'm waiting on you. <laughs> and, and so he, we're waiting on him. He's waiting on us. So let's look at another example, Mark 5, 25. You getting this? You getting the, the spirit of this? It says, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, and he, she had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. You ever been to doctor to doctor, place to place? You know, they say it's one thing. Oh, it's a pinched nerve. Oh, no, it's arthritis. No, uh, it's something else. Sciatica. No, tell me what it is, okay? I'm tired of coming here all the time. She spent all that she had. It was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, for she said, and the translation says, and she kept saying, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. She kept saying it in her heart. If I can just touch his clothes, touch his, the hem of his garment, I shall be saved. Is this any different than what we have to do? I thank you, Lord, that I'm healed. You know, we had one lady at the Bible study, and she was saying that she hadn't had a vacation in 10 years, so she just started saying it out of her mouth. I'm going on vacation. I'm going to get a vacation. I'm, I'm going on vacation. I, I need a vacation. I'm going on vacation. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So she came to the Bible study. She brought her friend, and she said, yeah, I, I got Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off, and Tuesday. I got a five-day vacation. I'm going on a trip. She said, I don't know how that happened. I just started confessing it. She said, I said it all day long. And her friend who she works with confirmed it. She said, yeah, that's what she's been saying all the time. I'm going on vacation. I'm going on vacation. Well, God heard that. He confirms his word with signs following. He watches over his word to perform it. The lady said she wants to go on vacation. <laughs> all right? I know one time I was uh, with my wife, and we were working a lot. We needed to go on vacation. So I just asked the Lord. I said, Lord, I just need some extra money to take my wife on a trip, on a little vacation. And I kept saying it. I just kept saying, Lord, I just thank you for it. But you know, the closer you get to the Lord, the, le the less you have to say it. And so I didn't have to say it much. And all of a sudden, a guy came up to me after, after we were closing down the church. And he gave me an envelope, kind of a thick envelope. And I said, okay, thank you. And I put it in my suit pocket, finished closing up, and I opened it up, and my God, it was $500. I said, he must have gave me the wrong envelope. He, he probably was giving me an envelope for his, his bills or something, then he switched them. You know, you usually get a thank you, to, oh, pastor, we just love you, we praise you, thank you for all that you do for us, loves and kisses. But this was, had real money in it, you know? And so I was so embarrassed, I, I couldn't look at him face to face for a while. Because I, I didn't want, I didn't know what to say. Then after two or three days, I said, hey, Mike, uh, you know, I don't know if you gave me the wrong envelope, but you gave me a, an envelope that had $500 in it. He goes, yeah, the Lord told me to give that to you. I said, Michael, but you're not even working. He said, yeah, but the Lord said that was seed so that when I get my job, I'll have more than enough, that he'll, he'll, he'll give me a job and I'll have more than what I need. And sure enough, within the next month, he got a job and he got more than what he needed. So 
when you say something, the Lord is hearing you. When you're living a life pleasing to him, he's watching over you, and he's going to perform that which he has promised. But, you know, I felt so bad. I said, Michael, I got an extra refrigerator, and I got some some, uh, uh, countertops, or not countertops, what do they call that in the... It, what, you, what you put in the bedroom? Dressers. Dressers. <laughs> that was a pretty big blank out. You can tell how much I care about the bedroom furniture, right? <laughs> My wife says, we have to have these dressers to match. I go, no, you don't. They're just, they're just dressers. But anyway, we had some extra dressers in the, in the uh, garage. <laughs> I said, Michael, come on over and, and take them because, you know, uh, they're just, you know, clouding up. And I wanted to bless you for you blessing me. So he came in and he got a truck and he got the refrigerator. He got the dressers. And would you not know it? Within a week later, our refrigerator went out. And I just gave away our reserve refrigerator. <laughs> but someone then gave us a brand new refrigerator. And thereafter, I had more refrigerators than I needed to, needed to know what to do with them all. And I was able to help others. I know BJ needed, she gave me a refrigerator and other people just kept giving me refrigerators. Because what? What you plant, what you sow, that's what you will reap. So this woman kept saying, if I only touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Now let's look at this other uh, scripture here. Remember, Jesus was, uh, he used to pray early in the morning. Just like we all do, right? Three, four o'clock in the morning, we get up and pray to the Lord. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. And so the, he was praying, and the disciples saw him walking on the sea because they were, they were going to the shore. And they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be you, bid me come unto thee on the water. I've always wondered, what in the world was he thinking? He sees Jesus walking on the water. He said, hey, Lord, if it be you, let me try that. And if you think about it, whatever Jesus did, they copied. They lay hands on the sick. So he, he did, so they did. He saw him cast out devils, so they did it. So he saw him walking on water. He said, I'd like to try that. And Jesus said what? Come. One word from God, Come. And he walked on the water because of one word from God, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he what? He walked on the water. Hallelujah. He walked on the water. Now, play words, he didn't really walk on the water. He walked on the word of God. He heard that word, come, and he said, I can do it because he said for me to come. And he came. But then when he saw everything else, let's see, this, let's see the uh, slide when he saw the water that was troubling and everything, he started th- forgetting about the word come, and he started thinking about the water, and now what am I doing walking on water, and all of a sudden he sank. We can't have that, right? A couple more scriptures. You ready for Hebrews 11.3? It says, through faith. Anybody got faith? Yes. Let me ask you, where do you get faith from? Is it just something that you just make up in your mind? You just either have it, do you go to the store and get it? No. You hear the word of God. On the inside, not in your mind, but in the, on the inside. The only way I can explain it is, you know these people that are actors, they study the script, but they have to put it down deep on the inside of them so that they can act it out. And we're just acting on the word of God that we put into our heart. Just like a singer, 
Kelly, you put it in your heart. You sing the song, you don't just sing it in your mind. Da, 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 da. You sing from your heart. And you don't, you don't have to memorize the word, it's already inside of you. So through faith, we understand that the worlds, worlds were framed by what? The word of God. God didn't just think the world into existence, he spoke it into existence. If we want to change our world, what do we have to do? We have to speak it into existence. So the things which are seen were made of things which are not seen. If you don't see it, that doesn't mean that you can't create it with your words. You can change it. You can pull it out of the invisible into the visible. So that you may not have provision, but you can speak it and God will provide it for you. That's the way faith works. So... I want to show this little example. This, I learned this a long time ago. If you have a hole in your life situation, if you have a hole in your marriage, if you have a hole in uh, whatever you're dealing with in, in this world, how, if, it was, if the world was made by the word of God, how do you fix it? With the word of God. If you have a hole in the carpet, you get something, you get the same carpet to replace it. So if something's not working, you you fix it by getting the same thing that made it, and that is the Word of God. Does that help you? It helped me. I mean, it didn't help me right away. I just looked at it like, hmm, okay, well, maybe. I'll, I'll, I'll try it later, sometime. But then when you get down to brass tacks and you really need the Word of God to come through for you, you remember this. And you say, okay, I just have to apply the Word of God to my situation to make it come to pass. You can't keep saying, I'm sick, I'm tired, I'm poor, I'm broke. That does, anybody can say that, but when you replace it with what God has said about us, it heals it and it makes it whole. Okay, last scripture, Matthew 17, 27. Remember, uh, the, the, the tax collectors, the temple tax people came to Jesus or came to Peter and said, why aren't you and Jesus paying the temple tax? Jesus could have said, I am the temple. Are you, what are you kidding me? Do I need to pay tax on my own house? He said, but to make him satisfied, go to the sea Cast in a hook and take the fish that comes out, the first fish, and when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. That is the silliest thing I've ever heard of. How many of you have ever been fishing? Did you ever find any coins in the mouth of a fish? Peter had been fishing a long time. He could have said, you know what, Lord? I know, you know, you, you teach, you preach really good but I'm a fisherman, okay? I've been doing this a long time, and there's no money in the fish's mouth. He didn't, but he took the word of God, and he believed it, as silly as it may seem. And the way it was explained to me, because I've been around a long time. <laughs> I'm like a Methuselah. <laughs> but I've heard people have so many testimonies, and the Lord explained this to this lady that I met. She said, the, the Lord said, your provision is wherever you're at, wherever you're around, wherever you have spent time, their, your provision is there. So Peter was a fisherman, so the Lord said, go to where your business is and you'll see your provision. Because the way it was explained to her, she needed $10,000 at one time, and she didn't have it. So she asked the Lord, where do I go? He said, the provision is all around you, just like Peter went to the fish's mouth. So she went to her office, and she looked in her dresser's, Praise the Lord. Cabinets. And, and, and she didn't find anything. Then she looked in her desk drawer, and lo and behold, there it was, uh, insurance policy for $10,000. And she said, my Lord, there it is, all around. Now, I've told people this before. If you need provision, look all around you, and God will provide for you. 
where you've spent your time and where you've, you know, made yourself available. Like people call all the time, you know, uh, they ask, you know, even yesterday they call and say, well, you know, I wonder if you have any uh, provision for uh, people that don't have any money. Or, you know, they give you this big sob story. And I said, no, I'm sorry, we don't. And usually people that ask have spent time at the church. You just can't like randomly come call a church and say, I want to use some money, you know. But um, so, so you go where the Go where you spent time, and God will provide for you. So let's look at Peter here. Look at that. Wow. That's a big fish, huh? But that's a big coin right there, too. He found the fish. He found the coin. Have you found the fish? Have you found the coin? Find out where God has provided for you. So in wrap-up, the benefits of God's word is you've got faith to be saved, spirit, soul, and body. Your mind can be healed. Your insights can be whole. You can act the way God wants you to act, not because you're trying to do it, but because he's on the inside of you, doing it for you, changing you from the inside out, just by rote, just by muscle memory, just by spirit memory. You know, when you study 1 Corinthians 13 and you confess the love scripture, situations will come in front of you and you'll automatically act, act in love. Why? Because it's on the inside of you. You don't have to try to do it. It just does it for you. And you go like, wow, I, that's not even me. I should be upset. I should be mad. But God is working in you because of that seed that's been planted on the inside of you and is growing into a big tree. Faith to achieve, not, be, not operating on your own level, but on God's level, God's ability. Don't you want to do things that God wants you to do with using his ability, not yours? Because you can't do it. You'll run out. Faith to be healed. Praise the Lord. When I first found Isaiah 53, by his stripes you were healed, you are healed. I kept saying it over thousands of times. By his stripes, we are healed. And when I confess the word, the spirit of the Lord, spirit of the Lord for that uh, particular situation came upon me, and the healing virtue of God flowed, and I was able to pray for people because I got it by the word. The Bible says that uh, he, he watches over his word to perform it. His words are spirit and their life. So when you have uh, the word of God in you, it will accomplish what you've studied it or what you've meditated on for it to perform in your life. Faith for provision. How many of you want any of this stuff? You want to be saved completely, thoroughly, through and through? You want the ability to achieve the things that God has called you to, to, to do, to be healed completely, totally? You know, the older we get, the more problems we have. Situations start rising up. All of a sudden, man, you go to the blood test and they say, well, there's a lot of things that are going wrong on the inside of you. We need faith to believe over that, to, to uh, compensate what our bodies are doing, the faithful provision. So let's pray. Father, I just thank you that as we come to you right now, we thank you, Lord God, that you're the God that is more than enough, that as we put your word in our heart, we see your power that is so strong that can do those things that we can't do because your word is on the inside of us, the engrafted word that's able to save our soul. So Father, I just thank you that you... Your people take this word that you've given me to speak to them, that they'll apply it to their life and they'll see a change in the things that they need to see change because, Lord God, that you're doing it through them because of your word and the power of your word. We thank you for it, Lord God. We thank you that they take the challenge and do those things that you've called them to do so that they may see your glory reside in the situations that we're facing. And we just give you the praise, the glory, honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen.